Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Eels, and today we're with one of my longtime buddies. We've known each other for a while. We both have summer places in Crescent Beach, and we've been part of the Crescent Beach Swim Club. My boy, Max. What up, Max? Hey, how's it going, Graham? I'm doing super well, man. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. So you are a big rugby fanatic aren't you yes i am some would say that bit of a nerd so when did you really get your eyes set on rugby when was the first thing you're like you know what i i actually this could be something i want to do uh well my dad played a lot when he was a kid and in high school and university and then it was just kind of a spring sport that i got popped into when i was about nine or ten and then i just kind of I guess fell in love with it then and it was something that was it wasn't uh it wasn't too normal and it wasn't something you saw a lot obviously out here especially in Canada and um yeah I just really enjoyed it and then picked it up again in high school and it kind of took off from there and so your dad uh w- would he help you would he show yes. you a little bit of the ropes yes he did we watched quite a few games together when I was uh, a kid because I started playing right when the uh 2011 World Cup was on so around there and that was easy to watch games and yeah just kind of went from there he tried to show me a couple tricks but now um now it's me showing him the tricks so you you an all blacks guy or uh i think everyone was everyone is at the beginning just because they're the best they are the all blacks but uh i think now having played for canada i have to uh kind of support the boys in red so your first um experience was probably with school yeah, I was in elementary school, and um, I got thrown out at the local uh, rugby club in White Rock, Bayside, and uh, played there for a couple of years, and then stopped. And What I position was, uh, were you? I was playing mostly scrum half and fly half. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was also big in soccer when I was that age, so I was kind of like, oh, I was caught in between for a while, and then I really realized that I could go a bit further with uh, rugby. And what made you realize that? I think I was in about grade 10, and I was really pushing to go that next level for soccer, and I was getting some, I was getting talked to by a couple of universities, and then my high school coach, who coaches the, uh, one of the Canadian national teams, he came to me and said, hey, I think you could go somewhere with this, and I think you should put your eggs in this basket, and then a few months later, I quit soccer and went uh, all rugby all the time. So you so you primarily play which position was it? Scrum half. So that that is utilizing the throw because you got to be quick because you have yeah. the flankers coming at you right. Yeah. So I'm I'm probably passing the ball every ten or fifteen seconds in a game and it's got to be I got to be every I got to run around the field for eighty minutes. And you use a of various types of throws. What, what types of situations and what types of throws do you normally use in those situations? So in my position, it's kind of unique because it's the only position that uh, really pass. I majority of my passes, the ball starts on the ground. So I go ground and then to target, unlike everyone else who catches around their chest and passes along a straight plane there. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's a different 
obviously a different skill set and it's easier for a smaller guy like me to be lower to the ground and be a bit quicker and get the ball and, out of there as fast and you as got it you got to grip it do you grip it differently as well yeah it's a little bit i try and put a bit more spin on it than other players would just because i have to get it there get it to them quicker and i don't have as much time so i really have to and i don't have time to really adjust my hands at all so it's just kind of how i pick it up i have and, to pass it which is not like everyone else and what what i see is um like you have like kind of like one knee up one knee down and you're using your hips as well right and you're really extending your throw because especially when you pick it off the ground because you gotta you gotta get it to the other side of the field if need be yeah it's a full it's a full body motion like it's not just it's not just arms it starts in your starts in your legs and how your feet are planted and then it goes all the way up and it's full uh it's a full movement and traditionally, like most things, do you point to your target as you follow through? Yeah, I do. If you get your finger, usually fingertips to target. If they and, end up in there, it'll go there. And how do you get the spin on the ball? Uh, so it's usually, you just use your, your back hand on the ball and you spin, you literally just spin it as hard as you can towards yourself. And then the other hand is used to guide it. Yeah, it's almost. just more of a yeah. guiding, just kind of helping it stay stable and then sometimes you'll do kind of like a pop throw where yeah. you have both hands on either side of the ball and kind of just like do you give a little spin as well or is it more of just you're popping it up uh a lot of the time the spin passes are just used for longer passes so like 10 meters over 10 meters and then the little pop passes are just like if a guy's two meters away from me I'm not going to have time to spin it and it's just easier to catch if it's just popped right up do you find that um when you're getting pressurized like when do you do you find that you get it's like scary or do you kind of hold it in and deal with the pressure and still get that good throw off because you got these because because you're literally these guys are like a second or two away from crushing you in most of these situations sometimes you even do get hit so you got yeah. to almost like be fearless. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely intimidating seeing all these huge men right within 2 feet of you and it's like once I once I start touching the ball they can pretty much come at me. So it's just got to be super quick and I just kind of try and get in there and get out as quick as I can. It also helps cuz our team is is very good and we have a lot of players who really really know what they're doing and they can kind of buy that extra second for me and maybe have a little bit of an illegal block and just kind of hold the guy so he can't get to me, which uh, at the higher level really helps. Yeah, it's a big difference from playing in high school to playing in university because like sometimes in high school, you're just playing a team that's just on another level and they just crush you. But in university, everyone is at a really fucking good level, at least at the game knowledge, right? Yeah, it's a complete shift. Like high school, it was just kind of a lot of guys. I went to a fairly good, a very good high school for rugby. So majority of the which, guys were Which very, high school was that? I went to Earl Marriott in White Rock. Yeah, yeah that is well so, known for rugby. So yeah, it was pretty good. But it was still a lot of guys were just more so athletes rather than rugby players. Yeah, and especially now in at, the, uh, the underages. Like grade eight, grade nine, it's like whoever's just big just runs through everyone. 
yeah and then you get to like senior and it's people like there's more skill like you kick it you have more plays and it's not just about being the biggest guy on the field it takes actual like knowledge of the game and then you get to university and then it's like i guess a combination of both yeah that was a big step up for me it was like because in high school i was kind of like rugby was my whole thing so i was some would say an, an, a bit of a nerd and like i just kind of knew i knew a it's lot kind more of than funny that did. you're calling yourself a nerd while playing rugby yeah it's like it's, traditionally the nerd is like not the athlete right yeah no but i'm a complete rugby nerd like i could tell you the craziest most random facts and lineups 10 years ago just random stuff like that but guys you, like in high school were just were just athletic and were playing for fun and i was kind of playing to do something and then getting into university it was like oh like wow these guys know as much as i do and coming from all over the country and even all over the world uh just just as like a fun little comparison how big are you as like one of the smallest positions on the field to like some of the biggest guys on the field so i'm about i'm five eight and then my playing weight is usually 175 to 180 um and then our the biggest guy on our team is probably six, seven, two hundred and seventy <laughs> pounds. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Is he the eight man? No, he plays lock and flank. But yeah, oh we've got Oh my some... god. That that would be terrifying. Oh, dude, it is I'm so glad they're on my team. Yeah, <laughs> like it is. UB, UBC does have a very good rugby team, don't they? They put a lot yes. of money in their athletics. Yes, they do, which is nice and helpful. But it's like we have a couple. We have two brothers who are six six and six seven and two hundred and sixty pounds and two hundred and fifty pounds, and they're just freak athletes. What's the league like that you play in? So men's rugby isn't in uh, in U Sport, which is the university league in Canada. It is in, we're just, we're in the BC Premier League, which the reason why we're not in U Sport is because the, um, the other teams in Canada West, like UBCO, Calgary, Saskatchewan, their level is not nearly as high as ours. So it's just kind of agreed that it's spoken of that we don't really want to fly to Calgary and Saskatchewan every weekend and win by over a hundred points and they don't really want to fly out here or to UVic and lose by 80 to 100 points. So it's for right now until they develop a bit more. It's we're going to stay in the men's league out here, which is better. What for sort the of league. competition do you have in the men's league? So the league, the league in BC is actually the top league in Canada. So players from all over the country and even globally come here to play. So it is it's very high level. Like we had last year, we had three players on the men's national team playing for UBC. And then there are national team players scattered throughout the league. And what, what do you think makes like the best player? Like what, what, what rounds the best players in rugby at that level? I think at this level, obviously size and strength has a lot to do with it, but it kind of evens out because everyone is strong and athletic um, knowledge is a big is a big thing you see um, even just watching like there's quite a few uh, I guess foreigners in the league and a lot of guys come from New Zealand actually who have played a decently high level and they just know the ins and outs and how to play the game and 
you can just you can really tell watching them that they know what they're doing and they have experienced that higher level and have just kind of grown up with it. So I think intelligence is probably the big standout in uh, in our league. Once you get really good at something, you stop thinking like, what am I going to do now? And you start thinking, what am I going to do when they do this? You start almost anticipating and like the, the movement of the, the other enemy team or the opposing team. And that's a big part of it as well. Like, especially when you're in your position, you have to anticipate, you know, where's the hole going to be? Where do I pass it to? You know, what kind of play? Like, you do you do you guys? You guys obviously, I don't want you telling me your plays, but do you have a a, a favorite play that you like to that you love to run? Yeah, we have a couple. We obviously have a couple good ones, and like you said, it's not about it's about reading the game and like if you can see what's going to happen. Like those players who kind of have been around the game longer than others can. And anticipate what is going to happen and especially if you know your opposition you kind of know what they're going to do or what you think they're going to do which can give you the upper hand but um for plays and stuff yeah we kind of kind of try and map out trends during the game so like if we see a gap that is constantly open we might try and do a couple plays not just like not just to get there on the first play but we might do two or three to open it up even more when they're least expecting it. Um, but yeah, we have a couple, a couple very intricate plays that are, um, that are a lot of fun to run. And when they come off, they are, uh, they're exhilarating. Yes, they really are. And that's when a lot of coaching comes into it. Like, um, coaches are very undervalued when it comes to using plays, you know, because they may, they may call plays or whoever your captain is or whoever the leader on the field as well, they got to call plays and that can make or break games. Yeah, no, completely. We are, um, we're pretty lucky with our coaching. Um, our head coach is very, He's more, he's just, on game day, he's just a fan, pretty much. So he says, his big thing is, I'm not on the field. Like, you guys have to do what you're going to do. Like, you, you'll, you'll see the game. Like, I won't. So um, it does come down to those couple players, those key playmakers making the calls. But it's also just kind of play what you see. And um, our big thing is just kind of have fun, honestly. When we're having fun and we're playing, it's, we're playing really well. So do you traditionally have somebody that um, like kind of calls the play that you want to use? Yeah, we do. The, um, the fly half usually calls what we're going to do because he, he's kind of, he's like the quarterback. Um, yeah. So he sees what's, he is probably one of the best readers of the game and probably the most knowledgeable. Um, so he can kind of see and track trends and he often makes our, uh, our big plays, but he, uh, it's a. Uh, there's a lot of voices that go into the decision too. It's not just always that one player. Yeah. And a big a big play that people love to do is the grubber. Like they love using the grubber. Um, I'm interested in when is when is a good time to use the grubber or like the drop kick to your wing man. So, when there's often when there's um, space in behind the defensive line. 
So say their fullback isn't hanging out back there. Uh, is a good time to kick because you can expose them, and obviously they don't know that you're going to kick. So if you can relay to your teammates that you're going to kick over the top and or put the, a little grubber in, keep the ball on the ground, um, they can often they have a, obviously a head start of going forwards rather than having to turn and then go. So it can be uh, very advantageous to kick into space. And even if they receive the ball, you've, you've still gathered all the space in the field, right? They're, they're yeah. set back as well too. And it's funny how you say like there's different skill level. When I played rugby in high school, we went to California for a trip and it was all these guys that used to play football that are just like juice, juice, juice guys. Like they're big. They're, they probably are on roids and they're just massive and they were just throwing their body around and we were getting destroyed in the first half of the game. But then we realized that like they don't have the knowledge. All they have is the skill. So we would just kick it and just repeatedly kick it like unnecessary amount. We would kick it and they had no idea how to deal with it. They had no idea how to adjust. And that's how we beat them. Yeah, especially in like a lower high school level, like you say, the kids don't always know the game and know how to play and their positioning is often just kind of it's very rogue and what they think is right and it's not all the time so kicking in high school especially is a great tactic and a great way to get to to unlock the defense because people just freak out if they don't if they have to go backwards and they have guys chasing them and the ball's bouncing like the rugby ball will never bounce the same way twice yeah it's too it's so it is it's just it's always bouncing different and nobody and I, knows where it's going to go. And I find it crazy how like the way it when you grubber it like will like bounce at the last, you know, sometimes you can time a grubber perfectly that will bounce up and right to the guy's hand. It's yeah. so weird how that happens. It's, it's I, so I weird. There's no yeah. there's no way to tell when it's going to happen, when it's going to pop up. Like it's just all it's almost just hit and hope at that point. Do you also uh, do kicks for your team? Yeah, I do. Um, like in high school, my big thing was kicking because I was obviously coming from soccer and I could kind of I could hit the ball a bit further than the other guys and I kind of knew where to put it. Um, but then at university, there's obviously a bunch of guys coming in and they are very good at kicking as well. So I kind of got knocked down the pecking order a little bit, but um, I still do as much as, as much as I can. Not as much as I'd like, but when it's for, there, I will do for it. For the noobs out there, What's your kicking routine from how you place the ball to where you kick the ball to how you like to set up your feet? So obviously it totally depends on the kick. Like if I'm kicking uh, if I'm kicking at the posts for points, I have my little routine, which honestly I couldn't tell you what it, what it is. It just it come, It's the same one every time, but it comes to me as soon Instinct. as I put the ball down. Like yeah. I right now could not, I don't know what it is, but I put the ball down and I know exactly what it is. It's, it's weird like that. It's fully instinct. Yeah, it's just second nature at this point. Yeah. Um, but then so do you, do, you, the do you kick it like with your laces of your boot or do you kind of turn your foot to the side? And I, I try and go on the top it. of the foot, like on that big, that big knuckle on the top of your foot, just so you can really get the whole Power. flat of your foot and your whole foot through it. And it, it spins like, it has like backspin almost, right? The ball? Yeah. It, uh, when it's struck well, it'll fly end over end backwards, like on a straight line. 
That is legit. Have you ever scored a drop kick in the game? Yes, I have actually. In um, I think I've gone. I think my record. I'm about five for nine on drop kicks in my life. So, so tell me, tell me about how it uh, came about in the game. I had obviously seen it and watched a lot of rugby and been like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, and there's a good thing in rugby called the penalty advantage. So if there's a penalty coming up, you get kind of a free play. You, you might so as you well can, try and go for yeah, it, right? So you can try and do anything. And unless it works out and you get points, the ref will go back for the penalty. So that's yeah. a big thing. A lot of teams try and go for a drop goal while they're on an advantage like that. Just if they miss, they'll just go back and kick it off the tee and for points. So I tried that a couple times in high school and teams were just, I think my first time was in grade 10. I finally got the courage to do it. And the team, the team we're playing against was just stunned. We were losing by quite a bit and they just had no idea what came at them. And then it was <laughs> like, it was just like, everyone was like, did that just happen? Like, okay. Um, like some guys didn't even know it was a thing. Like, this was so high school. like it was so, it was so funny. Yeah. That's so, and awesome. then it just kind of, it kind of kept going and then it was, it became more of a thing and a couple more attempts and a couple more successful ones. Did you uh, succeed in university? In university, I think my, I think I'm 0 for 2 in university. Damn. You'll get so, there soon. I know. I, I, it's, it's a good, it's fun to do, but it's, uh, it's hard. It's not always easy. Yeah, it's not. It really isn't. Yeah, man. I, I, I miss playing rugby back in high school it was one of my favorite things to do the only thing is now i feel like if i would play because i'm just so out of it i would get demolished because as you said like there's just these men like it's men it's full-grown beast men and they can take you down yeah it's uh it's pretty wild we had obviously university nationals this year so going from a men's league where the the like the average age of other teams is probably about 27, 28. So they're, they're fully grown, fully committed, working out like as much as they can. They're big men. And then you go and play against a bunch of 20 year olds at university. And it's just a complete different game. It's honestly, uh, other than Queens and UVic, really it's going back and it's almost like some of the teams, it's like playing high school again. Yeah, exactly. Cause they're just smaller, right? They're nice. just, they're just smaller and they're not as knowledgeable and yeah, it's a completely different game. So do you think um, UBC is, I guess, one of the top teams when it comes to universities in Canada? Yeah. So historically, honestly, it's, it's the top, it's usually top two, three programs in North America. So this year was kind of university national championships have only happened for three years. And this year we actually um, we actually lost to UVic in Montreal on the last play of the game. Um, what was the play? We scored a try in the corner, and I actually had to kick for I had to kick to win. And it was it was like a forty five yard kick, and it Jesus. had just it had just sailed left. Oh, it was, I didn't strike it how I wanted to, and it uh, it, it just happens. came left. So UVic UVic got there their first win which was good for them fully deserved they were better on the day but um historically we beat them in nationals and in our uh in our league play because they also play in our league good to know but then we actually do a cool series 
every year called the World Cup, and we play against Cal Berkeley. So we go down, they're regarded as the top team, top one, two teams in the States. So we go down, we go down to California for a weekend, play them, and then the next weekend they come to UBC and we play them in an aggregate series. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a blast. What what sort of um, benefits do you receive as a UBC rugby player from the from the school? So as a as a varsity athlete, we get um, if you were looking for housing on campus, you get priority. You also get priority. You get early um, choice admissions. of your classes. Yeah, you get yeah you get help with admissions, and then you get uh, early early access to registration. Yeah, yeah, early registration because the uh, schedule sometimes you're practicing in the middle of the day sometimes it's in the morning so you can't you can't just take classes as you're whenever you'd like yeah and then um, we also get benefits with we get free physio we all have we get free gym that's worked into our schedules with um, with our trainers our team has we have a very large team so we have about five trainers with us in the gym so it gets nice and personal and they track and they video all of our lifts and record us and really help us become get to that next level what are the key lifts uh that you see being trained especially for rugby so the two big ones that we do are we do a trap bar deadlift or we do three big ones we do a trap bar deadlift hang cleans and front squats so really really targeting our quads and hamstrings just so we can be explosive and be strong and um really get to that uh, that next level do you do a lot of like circuits and stuff to keep your heart rate up um, yeah our, our gym sessions are pretty like tempo oriented which helps with the heart rate and the it, they try and mimic it to a game as much as possible because i don't know rugby's not run 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 all the time it's pretty go go stop walk so they try and mimic that and they do a, a very good job at that um which is obviously hugely beneficial to all the players. And you also have, pro- so you do like gym sessions a couple times a week, and then you're also doing like cardio run sessions as well, and like practicing your plays. And Yeah, so our schedule is actually pretty hectic. We have, we are in the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that is followed by um, a film session and then maybe 45 minutes on the field just to touch up some skills. And then Tuesday and Thursday are our big like team sessions, like big training, run through our plays, do our contact, um, and get ready for the weekend. Yeah. Speaking of the weekend, when you're not when you're not like obviously you're on the grind, but what do you like to do with your teammates for fun around Vancouver? So obviously rugby's got a big party culture, and we after the game. Um, enjoy some time with the other team in our clubhouse and at the bar there. And then sometimes, honestly, we go out with them. Uh, being at UBC, we're pretty close to downtown. So that's a big, that's a big trip, but um, it's hard when we're uh, training every, when we're going every day, except Sunday where classes all day. And then sometimes we're doing two, three sessions a day. So Sundays in my, uh, in my house, I live with four other rugby guys. It's pretty, uh, they're pretty relaxed and do nothing. Just watch some sports, 
Right. Just yeah, watching football, lie on the couch, and try and uh, try and recover from the from the week before and get ready for the Monday morning session. Yeah, they say you can. There's three things you do. There's studying. There's partying, and there's sports, and you can only pick two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, honestly, so it's like it changes it's week so by week. Busy. Yeah, it's, it's so busy. It's so busy. Priorities definitely change depending on events, but but it definitely keeps you healthy. That's for sure. Yeah, it does for sure. And it's a lot of fun, and and it's the girls definitely love an athlete. Yeah, they know? don't hate it when you're working out a bit. Yep. yep. And it's good for the mental health as well. It is. Working out is obviously a huge proponent. And when you're busy, when you have health. a busy schedule, you know, yeah, I find I'm always happier when I'm doing stuff. Yeah, no, completely. I fully agree. Um, so how have, how has your team adjusted uh, during, like, I know it's opened up more now, but, but with this whole quarantine and it coming in, how did that uh, shock you guys and how did you adjust? So before gyms were open, it was, we were adjusted with a, um, we were given a workout plan that we could do at home, which was majority, which was all body weight. Um, they had add-ons. It was a really good plan. They had add-ons. Like kinesthetics, right? Yeah. It was a lot of core, a lot of just keeping your body going just because our season stopped so abruptly. Just basically lose as little muscle as possible. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It was just kind of get, just get out there and move, do these things. Um, so yeah, that was really good. Our strength program's unbelievable. Um, they were right on it right away with a plan that we could all do at home. But then now, since stuff has started to open up again, they've given us another plan with um, with gym workouts, and uh, which is really nice because we can go to a gym and work out, and obviously still have to stay clean and stuff. But uh, for the gym side of it, it's pretty it's pretty regular now. But we obviously aren't we still aren't allowed to to play or pass a ball around or we can't really so you, do any so you of that. Can't, team you still can't like practice your plays? No, we still, we can't have anything going right now. Wow. wow. Yeah. So do you, th- it's probably going to be a big shock actually playing against other players because you've, you haven't had that, like f- that feeling in so long, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they'll be in the same boat as well because they haven't played or, had that stuff at all um and so then we're there's, kind of in the same boat and then there's also the random raffle of what if like you're playing and then all of a sudden one of your teammates has covid and it's like he's your he's one of your he's your 10 or whatever and you're like oh fuck because so it can it can it's going to be interesting when playoffs or stuff like that come around yeah it'll definitely be um it'll be very different but i think we're going to probably um at the university have to go through some testing and stuff to, to be able to use the gym because so many people use it. So there will be probably temperature checks and daily monitor, like logging our symptoms and stuff and as well as sanitizing and cleaning. But, uh, we're also pretty lucky as we have, I think, I think we do have the biggest program in North America. We have 115 athletes, I think, which is, massive it's spread over three teams so we do have good depth in if someone big gets an injury or i guess in this case now it's possible to get covid it we can recover from that and have someone either fill that position or or bring someone up 
Have you seen uh, the like NBA isolation camp? Yes, I have. They are. Uh, yeah, it's, that's it's pretty it's, crazy. It's pretty crazy. They just like in like Disneyland or whatever, and they they every day they get tested. They check their temperature. They do like it's very like like if sports are going to come back, that's going to be happening. That's going to have to happen regularly, right? At, at least until we get a vaccine. And we yeah. don't know how long that could be. So, and but it's kind of cool because you get to bond with your teammates. It's a real bonding experience. Yeah, because like every, everyone's in it together, and it's not just one person going at a, a sickness or a disease alone. Rather than everyone trying to protect everyone here. Yeah, and it's like back in the days when you would just be with the boys at the hotel, you know, just pranking each other, like <laughs> yeah, having fun, you know. So yeah, and and it's cool. It's really. It's really uh, given people more time to be creative with themselves. Yeah, it's really. Um, I know that in rugby, at least, they have, they've, they're trying, they're thinking about changing some laws because they've had all this time off and time to review what is happening. So even this, like scrums, when everyone interlocks, they're trying to cut that down just to pass over less germs. Because if you get, you get eight sweaty guys going against eight other sweaty guys, that's a lot of. And they're breathing them. heavy, like they're breathing puffing heavy, in they're... each other's face. Yeah, that's they that's, are go I, go go. That's very true. And as a world, I think we're going to be a lot more concerned about just general hygiene and transfer of germs because a lot of unnecessary areas where we do that. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely. I know people who work in even just in the restaurant industry, and they're sanitizing everything more than ever. And I've had people say like, "Oh, why haven't we?" Why haven't we been doing this all the time? And then it really makes exactly. you think that this, that this is probably the sanitization levels and the wearing masks is probably going to be the new normal for the next couple of years. Like, I think even with a vaccine, people are still going to be a bit wigged well, out. Well, you're, you're still going to have, like, anti-vaxxers, right? You're still yeah, gonna have, 100%. And it's going to keep stuff like this alive. And you don't even know, like, the long-term effects of the vaccine too, right? So that spooks people out. Um they think, oh, I'm going to get this vaccine and then I'm going to grow a second nose like in two years. So yeah. no one no one really knows. <laughs> no one really knows exactly how it's going to affect us. But honestly, like we're, we're in a great boat, BC. Like we're doing better than most people. Um, I'm having a great time. Um, so I there's a lot that's going wrong, but there's also a lot that could be going a lot worse. So yeah, I think for as much as it's going wrong, there's the same or more going going really well yeah yeah so we're loving it anyway my man thanks for doing this interview thank I appreciate you for having you coming me. out um just would you like to shout out your instagram or anything before we finish off here yeah sure shoot me a follow it's uh maxwell radcliffe on instagram uh yeah, that'd be Hi, awesome. I'll, I'll put it in the description nice thanks for coming buddy awesome. say thanks peace out to me. the fans Peace out, fans. Nice to... Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for coming, guys.